church hurt. It's never pretty, never fun. For me, it's felt like an MMA fighter in the octagon, just getting beat up and beat down. And it tends to be by the people who we trust the most. Church hurt. Have you gone through it? A majority of millennials actually say that that is the very reason why they dropped out of church. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Young Christian Podcast, where we take a look at real-world issues through the lens of a young Christian. On this podcast, this is what we're about. If you want to go through things that are actually happening in the world, well, you've come to the right place. And if you like this video and you've connected, might as well subscribe and click on the bell and like this and share this with a friend. What have you got to lose? Come on. What have you got to lose? So let's get into it. Church hurt. The term was actually coined by a pastor, Emmett Price. He coined the, the term church hurt, and it refers to the pain sometimes inflicted by religious institutions, a pain that distances sufferers from their communities and from God. This can be pain from a pastor, uh, a leader, or just a regular church member, or it could even be uh, a member of your family who maybe you feel is judgmental or has held you to a higher standard that maybe they're not quite living at or a standard that seems unjust or unfair. Um, and this could be really um, the definition and the defining moment of church hurt. And, and why does it hurt so much? And I think maybe it has to do, and I'm just speaking for myself, but maybe it has to do with um, we see people in the church and, and we expect maybe greater things from them, or we would never expect them to be a follower of Christ, someone pursuing love and acting maybe out of uh, character, especially not acting the way that Christ would. And so sometimes there's moments where these things happen and this hurt does occur that tends to leave us wounded, broken, and very hurt. And just as Pastor Emmett Price uh, coined it again, um, it's, it distances sufferers from their communities and from God. So in an article from the Washington Post, we read about someone who went through church hurt. And this is from uh, Terrell Hunt, and he says this, For two years, Terrell Hunt was a Christian without a church. At the church in the Washington area where he had grown up, Hunt worried that the leaders lectured about good behavior, but didn't act as they preached. He heard members talking badly about one another. One day, a member preaching about toxic habits addressed uh, his sermon to one young woman, causing her to burst in tears and embarrassment. Hunt became convinced this church just wasn't for him. Every day, he prayed on his own. He read the Bible. It was a lonely faith. It was really, really hard. It made me feel like if this place isn't for me, is any place really for me? Am I ever going to feel comfortable again, said Hunt, 27. I just felt a really deep sense of hurt. I'm, I'm almost wondering, you know, reading this, how many people have gone through this, gone through this pain, gone through 
uh, this type of hurt. Uh, where again, they've seen these leaders or, or, you know, or these members of the church, you know, here it says, you know, acting, um, you know, lecturing about good behavior, but didn't act as they preached, you know, where it's holding people to this level, yet never hitting the bar themselves, which could easily come off as hypocritical. It could easily come off as, um, you know, yeah, they're, they're holding me to this standard and judging me for it, yet the standards for them is is below the bar that they're wanting me to obtain. And I'm wondering, too, how many millennials uh, has this really affected? How many millennials uh, did this deter someone and cause someone to, to be separated, not only from God, but from the church as well? Um in a dissertation by Raquel Anderson published by NSU uh, Works, we see this. This statistic, I mean, it's really sad. Here's what it says. It says, every year, about 2.7 million church members drop from church membership. One of the main reasons is attributed to church members leaving as hurt and wounded. Whoa, 2.7 million every year? I'm wondering how cyclical it is in the sense of, you know, new people come in and the old kind of go and it's this constant thing, you know? And unfortunately, I hate to say this, but we are all flesh and blood. We're all humans. Um, We are all figuring life out. We tend to not always act in love. We tend to do what we selfishly want. Um, We tend to hurt people, unfortunately. These are things that happen in the world, and unfortunately it happens in church. And 2.7 million is a lot each and every year, and it's attributed to hurt and wounds. And I read all these statistics and I read all of these stories and 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 my, I myself have gone through this type of hurt and this type of pain. And I think to myself, you know, what would benefit or what would help? What would allow people to uh, find healing from these moments? Um, and what would help the body of Christ to... You know, again, maybe we can't necessarily fix people hurting, but maybe we can uh, minister some type of healing to the wounded, you know, and, and kind of I think of the Good Samaritan where he, you know, he poured the oil and the wine on the wounds, you know, in order for there to, to be healing. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of oil or what kind of word of encouragement um, could maybe heal some brokenness and some wounded hearts? for sure. So that brings me to my story, and I want to get into it. So let's get into my story. So here's my church hurt story. Um, I was in ministry for uh, three years. Uh, currently, I'm, I'm a young adults pastor in Kansas, but I was a, a youth pastor in Pennsylvania. And in the moment, I was serving under my, my dad. My dad is a senior pastor, and so I went back to my home church after Bible college, uh, and I, I had such a passion uh, for, for working with youth, uh, working in that, um, 
you know, kind of environment and just, I don't know, it's just, I knew that that's what God was calling me, um, especially at that time and in that moment and in that season. And so I, uh, I, I got into ministry and everything was great. Everything was going good. There was a lot of success. Uh, the youth ministry grew beyond leaps and bounds that I could have ever uh, imagined or, or thought. And I, I, I went and I was serving. I was doing all of these things. And there was a leader in the church who was um, I, I grew up with. He knew me, an older gentleman. And he just, for some odd reason, he just started creating rumors and lies uh, and started contacting people in the church in order to um, maybe, I don't know, I don't really know his motives, to be honest. It, maybe it was uh, to ruin my reputation. I don't know. Maybe it was just a gossip. I don't know. Um, but anyways, he started these rumors and he started these lies. And it it honestly affected me in a very negative way, in a very negative way. And it affected me even in my in my health. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease where I was actually bleeding in my intestines from all of the stress and all of the the worries and and the pain that went through this hurt. And so it just didn't break my heart. it It was ruining my stomach, you know, it was ruining my intestines. And this was something that was really hard. And I, I don't want to go into detail with, with what the rumors were because it's really of no importance. But he went around and it caused this environment of toxicity to really be there at the forefront. And, and this toxicity to really be there um, was very harmful for, for the ministry specifically. And I, I remember... Um, I remember just thinking to myself, God, why? You know, God, why? Why me? Why would I have to go this? Why him? Why him? Like, I saw him as like a, a grandpa. I saw him as someone who uh, literally has seen me since I was like three years old, you know, grow in different stages and different things. And, you know, I, it, it really affected me. It really affected me, and it took me so much courage, and it took me, whew, it took me so much stepping out to to forgive him, to let it go, and to just, you know, allow the Lord to to work on his life and on his heart. And I remember I was praying one time, and. I, I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? Do you want me to take this guy to court? Because technically it was defamation of character. You know, do you want me to, you know, take it to the legal system? God, you're a God of justice. And I remember I was praying and I just felt the Lord just say, you know what? Justice is mine. And, you know, he owes you nothing. He owes, you know, he doesn't owe you an apology. He doesn't owe you a thing. And that's when true forgiveness, I believe, happened in my heart when I released him of a debt. Because in my mind, it was, I believe he owes me an apology. I believe he owes me restitution, restoration. 
I believe that he owes me to call those people and to say, no, those were lies. Those were rumors. And there was only true forgiveness when I left go of that and I actually prayed for him to be blessed. Let me tell you, that is hard. That is so hard. It's so difficult to pray for someone who despises you or curses you, but it's biblical. Unfortunately, it's biblical. And I remember going through that whole process, and at the end of it, I said, it is well with my soul. It's well with my heart. It's well with my emotions. Again, he owes me nothing, not a thing. And I was upfront and real with my emotions at the same time, but I left that go. And trust me when I say, when I left go of that hurt, it, there, there's something freeing. I felt a weight lift. I, my stomach started feeling much better because again, I was bleeding from my intestines from the Crohn's disease. You know, and I saw my digestive, you know, track, you know, kind of like releasing it. And the more that I allowed that to, you know, I kept saying, man, I just want to confront him. You know, man, I just want to tell him off. Man, I just want to, I just want to, you know, I I don't even know. I want to get back at him, you know, because that's what my flesh would want. But I chose to walk in love and I chose to take the higher road, even though I probably didn't want to. And what I did was I said, all right, God, deal with his heart, bless him. Maybe it hurt caused him to hurt. And God, I pray that you would heal his heart from any hurt. Um, You know, and and for me, that's just my story. That's just my, um, what I've gone through, I guess my testimony of, of something that happened with hurt. Again, he, you know, started these rumors and lies. Um, but I'm I'm just wondering if uh, millennials today are facing the exact same thing. Maybe not in that capacity. Maybe not someone who they have revered as, you know, someone of, of, of wisdom or, or someone of, you know, great stature, you know, an elder in the church, you know, but maybe it's something else, you know, and different circumstances maybe it's not like that but it's something different and that's what you have experienced as well here's what i found in an article from faithit.com it says this it seems all too often our churches are actually causing more damage than good and the the statistics are showing a staggering number of millennials have taken note according to this study and many others like it, church attendance and impressions of the church as well as people leaving church are the lowest in recent history and most drastic among millennials described as 22 to 35 years old. Here's what some of these stats are saying. Only 2 in 10 Americans under 30 believe attending a church is important or worthwhile, and that's an all-time low. 59% of millennials raised in a church have dropped out. 35% of millennials have an anti-church stance, believing the church does more harm than good. Millennials are the least likely age group of anyone to attend church by far. Wow. This is really intriguing. This is interesting to me. Now, for me, I've grown up in the church, so... 
I don't have really that, I've never really gone away or I've never really uh, removed myself from church. And here's the thing is, I, I've seen a lot of people though go through that. You know, people in Bible college that I went uh, to school with who were also studying to be pastors, um, studying to, you know, work in youth ministry or, or all of these different things. I seen them start off really good. They get hurt by, by church or the college or by some type of religious institution, and instantly they are bitter um, and they are hurt and they have removed themselves not only from church, but they have even left God. Like they've blamed God. It's, you know, and, and this is the thing is, you know, if, if you're listening to this um, and you have gone away from church um, because of hurt, I want to encourage you on this. You know, uh, just like Terrell, like we, we listened to before, um, his story, you know, he described it as a lonely faith, a faith that was lonely. Yeah, you can do church on your own. Yeah, you can do devotionals on your own. Yeah, you can have worship services on your own. Yeah, you can do all of those things. But where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. And the Bible also says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Don't forget to assemble. Don't forget to um, come together. You know, don't allow that to... Um, you know, be missed out. Because again, there's something powerful when we all come together in unity in order to see God's kingdom come. And I think that that's one thing that the enemy really um, can use, definitely can use in order to get people to get off of their mission and off of what they're called to. And and it's so easy, again, to just blame, blame church, to blame God, um, but it, it takes a special type of faith um, to say, you know what, I'm going to do something about this. And so I want to talk about this next. What are some ways to overcome these hurts? What are some ways you say, man, I've been there. I've done that. I, I have gone through it and I'm here. What do I do? How do I make things better? You know, how do I get healing for my heart? Because it, I'm still going through this. I still have pain over the hurt that I felt. I'm still going through this. What do I do? How do I go about this? What's next? Well, let's talk about it. But before we talk about it, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Integration Clothing Co., um, they are a Christian-based clothing company, and they specialize um, in, um, in, in scriptures, in quotes um, that are biblically based, that when you step into creation, you can let your light shine. Um, and you can use my code, YCP, YCP for 20% off your purchase and there's going to be a link in the in the description blah 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 in the description below on how you can get uh connected to into creation clothing co now let's get back into it seven ways to overcoming church hurt let's get into this in an article from south bay church we see some really good steps the first step that they uh, bring up is first pray Pray. 
Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. First, pray. Pray for wisdom on how to handle this. Pray for wisdom and understanding on what the best way uh, to deal with this church hurt would be. Um, don't lash out. Don't, um, you know, stick a knife in their back, so to speak, or retaliate or act in, in, in hurt um, because that is not something that will produce anything that you're looking for. It, it won't produce restitution, restoration, lashing out, and adding fire to the burning flames, I, I believe will only cause it to, to be worse. Um, again, prayer for, God, what should I do? But pray for that person to be blessed, and it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. It's probably one of the hardest things I think I had to do in my church hurt was to pray for that person to be blessed and for any hurt that they have in their heart to be healed. And man, that takes a humbling, a true humbling where you oh, you just unleash it to the Lord in prayer. So prayer, again, prayer for wisdom and pray for them. Uh, the next thing is to confront the offender. After you've prayed, <laughs> confront the offender. Don't confront right away. I've been there. I've done that with church hurt as well. And man, it does not It does not go as well as I would uh, want it to have gone. But confront the offender. In Matthew 18, 15, Jesus says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Again, the Bible says to confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Um, this is not necessarily talking about a moment of confession to a priest or confession to a pastor, but this is, hey, I have sinned against you. You've sinned against me. Let's confess our sins one to another so that there can be healing Say, you know, confront them and say, man, this has hurt me. This is where I'm hurt. Confronting them in the sense of saying, here's where I'm at. And, and have that moment to, um, you know, to share your heart. And if they don't accept what you're saying, no, I'm not hurting you or no, I'm not doing that, then just wait. There's, a, there's another step that I want to go through. But the next one to do is to forgive. Jesus says, but if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 6, 15. I think we need this greater revelation of, man, God has forgiven me so much, so I'm going to forgive them. It's like, God, I know that I've sinned really badly against you. I've broken your heart. Or God, I have, um, I have done things against you. And you so easily forgive me. So I, in turn, should be easy. It, well, it shouldn't be easy. It, it is hard. But, Lord, it should be easier for me than to forgive those who have sinned against me. Because I've sinned against you. They've sinned against me. I want to have your heart. I want to have your ways. I want to have your thoughts. Because I believe that that's important. Forgiveness, again, is releasing them of 
of their debt is saying, you owe me nothing. You don't owe me an apology. You don't owe me to restore things. You don't owe me a thing. I release you of it. You are not a prisoner to my you know, desires and wants, but I release you. You don't owe me a thing. Things are okay between the two of us. Again, you don't have to forget what they've done, but you can release them from expectations that you might have of restoration and of them saying they're sorry. That is true forgiveness. Uh, the next thing, again, I, I said to, to just wait. The next thing is to find a faithful partner. In Matthew 18, 16, Jesus says this. So 18, 15, he says to go, um, you know, just you and the person, um, just you and the person to find that, um, to find that restoration and to um, kind of talk that out. Then in the next verse, it says this. Uh, Matthew 18, 16, Jesus says, But if they, the offender, will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. So what is this saying? This is saying if the person does not accept it well of you explaining your heart, explaining the hurt, explaining the sin that they have done against you, and there's no empathy, there's no reciprocation, it's just left with them being angry. The Bible says that it's best to then take someone who can be a partner with you of faith and that they can go with you and that they can sit down and, and they can be a mediator in this. And maybe they can see it from a different perspective or from different eyes, and maybe they can reach a, a moment of how do I say, like this middle ground where you can meet in the middle where each other can sit and see each other, but sometimes that requires some mediation. And so find a, a faithful partner. The next thing is resolve your past. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Matthew 7, 3, meaning this is chances are you've also hurt someone as well. In that moment, I was hurt in my, you know, story, but chances are I've also hurt some people as well. And I can't sit back and, and, and be prideful and say, no, I've never hurt a soul. I've never hurt a single person. I guarantee that I have harmed some people, hurt some people uh, emotionally, um, and, and they've probably had some hurt through my actions. And so it's important in this moment of me being hurt to say, okay, can I make things right? I know that I don't like going through this hurt. I guarantee a person who I may have hurt is not liking it as well. And so, Lord, show me if I've hurt anyone. Allow me to bring restoration to that. Allow me to uh, ask for forgiveness for that. And God, allow me um, to resolve my past. Uh, the next one is to commit to always act in love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Love never fails. Walking in love never fails. It might cost you something. It might cost your pride or it might cost you to really kind of, you know, kick it 
you know, kick it to the man, so to speak, and, and get even, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But walking in love will pay off tremendously in the end. Walking in love. Uh, I, I read this, and I if I can put replace love with my name, then I know that I'm doing it right. So if it's Nathaniel's patient and Nathaniel's kind, Nathaniel is not envy, and, and I don't boast. If there's a moment where it's like, you know what, I think I'm not being kind, or you know what, I think I'm being proud, I think I'm being rude, well, then I'm not walking in love, and instantly I can kind of refocus and re-kilter myself back onto the track of walking in love, because ultimately, I want to be walking in love, and sometimes I need to be realistic with my uh, with, with my flesh, and in my, my humanism, so to speak, in my humanity, that um, I can tend to want to go off of uh, what I desire and what I want and not necessarily the way of love. So remember that. Commit to always act in love and allow that to be a reminder. And, and lastly, number seven is repeat the process. Go back over. Unfortunately, uh, when you go through one hurt, that does not solve it and you no longer go through hurt. I wish I could tell you that you don't have to hurt anymore. I wish I could tell you, don't worry, things are going to get better or people won't harm you anymore or, or say things emotionally that drain you. Um, but what I do say is this, is that these things will happen, unfortunately. Be mindful of them. Be so mindful of them. Don't forget um, all of these steps. And whenever you go through hurt, whenever you go through pain, you too um, can go through these steps and hopefully you can find restoration for your heart restoration in the relationship, and maybe some good can actually come from this hurt. Uh, I hope that this was a blessing. I hope that this was an encouragement. Um, again, reading all of these stats and, and knowing, um, seeing all the people leaving church, especially millennials, um, because of some type of hurt, it breaks my heart to read. And I hope that this can establish you a little bit in faith and show you a way to deal with hurt. Uh, don't lash out. Uh, don't remove yourself from church. Don't remove yourself from even God. Uh, I encourage you, if, if it's um, been a while since you've been in church, uh, try it out. Uh, find a, a church that you feel called to, that you can minister to, and minister in, and be a blessing, that you can serve and do all of these things. Remember, God is on your side. And he wants to lead you and guide you in, in victories and during the battles. And he wants to heal your heart and bring restoration to your soul. He wants to bring healing to your heart, especially in the ways of church hurt. Until next time, thank you for listening to Young Christian Podcast. Bye.